Business is simple. It's just not easy. We focus on three things to help you run and grow your business more easily. Talent, sales, and how to scale. Can it be that simple? Talent. Develop a robust recruiting, vetting, and training process to help capable people and then help them to become who and what they want to be. Sales. Have a logical go-to-market strategy. Build the sales and marketing structure and plan around it and then attack and execute the plan with fanatical consistency. Scale. Know where you're going, why you're going. Share with others why they would want to join you. Be clear on who's allowed to join you and what they'll need to do to stay on board. Anticipate roadblocks. Avoid them before you get stuck. And then when you do hit one, and you will, stay calm, problem solve, and find resources to get unstuck. Sounds simple, right? Simple to understand, but not easy to do. Join us as we focus on the tips and tricks and hacks for running a profitable, hyper-growth business. We'll share real-world horror stories and celebrate the victory sagas that will inspire you. This is the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. Hey everyone, Brian Whittington with the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. Today we have Galem Germay with us, and we're going to be talking about probably a, a number of different topics. Um, I mean, she's incredible with the community that she's developed. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think Rev Genius just I saw a post went over eight thousand users in less than a year. Um, so that's pretty darn impressive. She's in a, a number of other membership, but the real reason that Galem and I are, are talking today is. Um, women tend to do really well in sales. And there's a lot posted out there about how do we find more women to get involved in the role of sales? How do we engage with them, recruit them onto our teams and really allow them to thrive? So that's going to be the main focus of today. So Galen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. It's really good to be here with you and finally have this conversation. Yeah, Um, the construction's done, I hope. No, it's not. (laughs) But but at least they moved on to other sections uh, outside of my flat. So we're good. It's not as intense for me right now. Nice. So the last time we were scheduled, there was like jackhammering in the background and everything else. So we had to reschedule today. So, all right. Well, let's jump right into this. So um, why in the world should we listen to you, Galem, about, you know, you're doing all of these different things. I mean, why should we listen to you about... uh, inviting women and getting women to participate in our individual companies in the role of sales. So what makes you an expert on this? Well, um, so first of all, I'm not an expert for sure, but I have experience because I am a woman of color and I'm in sales and I've been in sales now, tech sales, uh, specifically fintech uh, for almost two years, coming up on two years now. And prior to that, I worked in retail sales for a couple of years. And so, you know, the only reason why I want to have this conversation is to spread the word of we exist. We are out here. I just had somebody uh, earlier this week who messaged me on LinkedIn and was like, hey, I'm really excited to be connected with you and just seeing another woman of color uh, being you know, successful in sales. Right. And that's literally it. And that's why I want to have this conversation, because if you don't share the journey, if you don't show up, uh, then how will people know that others exist out there and that we can do this? Yeah. So let's 
dive into this because uh, what do you think allowed you to jump into this? Is it because your background and, and it's, it's written out there. I mean, if you look at Galen's background, it's pretty unique. And my guess is you learned a lot of grit out of that. So Mm -hmm. was that background, what developed you to dive into this or, I mean, so let me ask you that. What allowed you to really dive into sales? What made you think, hey, this is for me? Yeah, so there's a few things, uh, starting with my upbringing, uh, growing up in foster care. We all had to uh, do certain things in the household in order to get any pocket money, as an example. So I hustled my way every single weekend to be like, I'm going to wash the car. I'm going to clean this. I'm going to do that in order to get money. So I learned that early on. Um, the other thing was in high school, we had to do our own businesses and it was very entrepreneurial focused. And so during that experience, we had the opportunity to pitch our different companies. And I, that was the first time I ever had done a pitch. I didn't even prepare for it and came in like third place, I think. And I was really upset about it. And so that's like when I started to really get into the idea of business Um, And then it took me years to even start to work in business. And I went to school for uh, business administration at Babson College. And then during that time in college, I was also working, but I was working in a different field. I was working in HR as an HR admin, and I was recruiting students uh, to this company to have internships there. And during that time, was when I really figured out like what is it that I really want to do and build a career in and I was in a place of I either go in the direction of focusing on HR and build a career there and recruiting or I go into sales because it's always been in the back of my mind but I never really had the opportunity to try it because you have to do sales full-time if you're going to go into it yeah so I guess you know nothing new under the sun here you, you learn work ethic from a young age, right? Those that do really well in sales are hustling. They're all right. Cause you're never ever done. You can mm-hmm. always make one more phone call. You can always have one more thing to do you one more email or whatever the case may be. So those that really seem to succeed in, in sales have an, an insane work ethic. And so you learn that from, from the start, right? As a kid growing yeah. up, I'm having to do this now. I, I mean, what, per, what prevents, do you think, women from getting into this? Because that's not ubiquitous to men or women or race. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it's character, a lot of it's passion. Um, you know, when your story there, you talked about the, the, your competitive nature. You didn't say it, but that's, that's pretty darn gone. You know, I, I didn't even practice. I got third and I was pissed, right? So <laughs> what, you know, why do you think more women aren't getting into this? Because there's plenty of women that have that type of mentality, that type of background, do you think? Well, I think there's a lack of awareness because you don't know what you don't know. So if you have no idea that there are opportunities within this field and to build a career, then there's that, you know. So where are people advertising about this? Where are people living and breathing this profession and where are the recipients of that? So I think that's one piece of it. Okay. Um, the other piece is education around this subject. And even like when when I was in college, very unique position for me because we did have a course that focused on inside sales. And I took that course and I loved it. And that 
fueled me up even more to be like, this can be really interesting to look into uh, as a career. But the other really big thing is what I'm hearing from others is that they just don't get a chance. They don't get the opportunity. So the question is then, what can you do to prepare yourself to be in a position to get the opportunity? And I think it's really, really great that there are so many resources out there. You know, you talked about communities earlier. I co-founded one and we have tons of resources within our community and there are many others out there like it. And then there are specific uh, companies and organizations that are helping uh people get into sales. You know, right. there's SV Academy, there's Aspireship, there's a Victory Lab, there's Us in Technology. They all are very different um, niches, but focusing on the same outcome, which is to help people get into sales and stay in sales. Yeah. Now, so forgive me, uh, I, this is going to come across as a jerk question, but uh, to be asked, how in the world would you not know about these opportunities right now? I mean, through LinkedIn, through just, you know, being around, what what are we doing wrong as business owners that, I, I mean, you're, everybody goes to Indeed, everybody's going on LinkedIn. I mean, how would they how would they not know about these opportunities? I guess that's question number one, and I'll have a follow-up off of that. Mm. Well, a perfect example of this is a couple of weeks ago, um, my sister just started studying here in the UK at a university. And she told me that nobody in her class is active on LinkedIn. Like they, they, they had an exercise in their class virtually. And they were all asking, how should we follow up with each other to finish this assignment? And, you know, I think she had asked them, like, let's connect on LinkedIn. And they were like, what's what? LinkedIn? <laughs> right? On TikTok, like, maybe? No, let's follow up on, uh, was it Snapchat, I think? Yeah. And she's like, I don't have Snapchat. <laughs> so, I mean, this is like a generational thing, too, because um, if their method of communicating is on one particular platform, then that's all they're going to focus on and navigate to. But we, you and I, Brian, and so many others, we're living in this little bubble of LinkedIn yeah. and these Slack communities and and everything else out there that that's that's all we're looking at and basing our reality on and, and coming in with the assumption that others are going to see what we're seeing. But that's not that's not really what's happening. Yeah. And you bring up a really curious point. Um, I don't like that point, but it's valid son of a gun. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I remember a couple of years back whenever the millennials were really starting to become heavy in the workforce and everyone's like, bah, we're not changing. They got to change to us. And, you know, mm-hmm. that just was a tidal wave that everybody had to change. And and so there's neither good nor bad in this technology. It just is how are we best going to communicate? And mm-hmm. within sales, yeah, listen, you got to communicate where your audience is. So it exactly. seems like you're saying the number one thing that uh, us entrepreneurs or us business owners should be doing is really getting on the Snapchat, getting on Instagram, getting on I, TikTok. I would, yeah, I was going to say TikTok, but I'm like, oh, I can't say it. So yeah, getting on TikTok <laughs> um, to, to reach them where they're at. Because if yeah. you're going to do a recruiting campaign, especially if you're starting off at that SDR role, uh, you got to meet them where they're at because they don't know any better. They don't know they should be on LinkedIn. I mean, unless if their parents are telling them that, and if their parents are telling them that, their parents, I'm not listening to you for goodness sake. So I'm not doing it anyway. So that's uh, son of a gun. All right. So we got to get on Snapchat and Instagram. Now, should we, um, 
I'm guessing uh, younger folks are still doing Instagram, you think? Oh, for sure. I'm okay. on Instagram. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so yeah. we'll, we'll kick it on Instagram and get that going. All right, so now, how do we engage them? I mean, um, what what are we posting on TikTok? What are we posting on Snapchat? How are we leveraging this? Mm. Um, I mean, I think it's just being as casual as as, as possible and and inviting whatever that means. I know it's a very vague answer, but when you're starting to meet people where they at and you start to focusing on what is it that interests them and how can I bring more of that to the table, then I think it starts to become more natural and listening to the audience and producing content that would help that audience move forward. So if it's somebody who is, as an example, in college, uh, they're, they're focusing on business, but there's so many different areas in, of, in terms of business that they can get into. Well, then you as an organization, a business can engage with that audience and you can, uh, like I do this all the time. I go back to my school where I graduated from and I have conversations with current students and that gives me an opportunity to talk about my profession, uh, what it's like being a woman in sales, the industry of fintech, uh, the focus of communities, and how to continue your education beyond this. So that's, I think, what's helpful because that has created so many opportunities for conversations. And it's not the goal of I'm going to get all of these people into sales or just because a woman is in the classroom, she needs to now be recruited and get into sales. That's not the point. The point is to start a dialogue, a conversation around all the different possibilities and understanding what is it that you want to achieve once you're done here and how can we help you get there? Yeah. So how, what's the conversation like whenever you're in the, uh, whenever you're going back to the universities, you're talking with these students, what's their sense of what sales is? Because it's changed unbelievably over the last decade or so. And then in this last year, it's changed as much in the last year as it has over the last decade. What's the sense that the students have of sales? What are you hearing out there? Um, haven't been that much of a straightforward question uh, that people are asking, you know, what is sales today? But it's more like they're asking, so what do you do? And what does that mean? Because they're coming in with a blank page, yeah. a lot of them, right? Uh, I mean, you, they, they have some uh, preconceived notion of what sales is, but they don't understand what that means in the world that I'm living in. And so that's usually the the open question of like, oh, so what is it that you do? And what's that all about? You know, and that gives me an opportunity to explain to them at a very high level. But more so for me, because I went to a business school, the conversation has been very specific. And there's always like at least one student who's like, oh, I know you're working in sales and I'm interested in possibly going into sales. Could you tell me more about what you do every day? Yeah. Uh, because uh I'm curious to understand that a little bit more. So that's like more of the conversation. And what usually happens and what happened last time just a few weeks ago was that we kind of tabled that conversation because it was a, a group uh, getting together to answer questions for international students specifically. 
So there was me and this other guy who was really interested in sales. So I said, let's connect after this and let's set up our own one-on-one time to talk about and answer all of your questions. And that's what we did. And we spent 45 minutes on a Saturday just talking about that. So that that's what happened in that instance. So it's usually just kind of open of like, what is it that like, there's that curiosity behind the question of like, what is it that you do? and help me make sense of it at a very high level. Yeah. Now, anything that we should be doing differently, so meeting people where they are, whether TikTok, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever the case may be, any other way that we should be uh, approaching these these women as we're trying to get them into into sales? Um any other way we should be approaching them? I mean, like, do we have different language that we should be using, different um because uh, I'm too straightforward, right? That's that's a huge problem of mine, right? I, I, I'll never forget this. It was, um, gosh, probably too long ago now, but I had a, um, a woman that I was dating and she goes, you know what, Brian, not everybody thinks like you. And that was the most shocking thing in the world to me. So, <laughs> all right. So how should we be thinking to engage others into this? Um, how should I, that's such a challenging question because a lot of this just comes naturally to me in terms of having conversations that I don't really think twice about it or making the connections or uh, networking. Um, But I think it's just like being a human about it, you know, like I am a very casual person and I will tell you all the ups and downs and ins and outs of, 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 of a situation of a profession of whatever. Um, So, yeah, I mean, and I also have the same situation as you where my fiance not long ago, just a few days ago, was like, I really wish I could like be in your mind just for five minutes. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> exactly. I said, you don't. <laughs> yeah. So, OK. And so and that's what my my real challenge of this has been, Galen, is that. Yeah. It's you know, it's straightforward. Right. It's it, so it seems like what we're saying here is. Fine, because it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter what race you are. If you are competitive, you want to challenge yourself every single day to be better today than you were yesterday, knowing that's not going to be good enough tomorrow. If you're that entrepreneurial growth mindset, if you are that gritty drive that you know, I just have to keep going. I have to keep going. It's, it's, it's not an option, right? You might have one day where you, where you, you know, you tuck and roll, where you tuck the covers back over and, and roll back over, but that's a rarity. I mean, we're just ingrained to keep driving and going. So as long as it's that person, it seems like we just talk to that person in that language over a couple of additional mediums, communication mediums to really get that pipeline going. And I think you have more of a long-term perspective of developing relationships with these universities because there's a number of universities, especially in the U.S. I'm not sure what it's like in the U.K., but right now where it's sales is the profession, right? It's professional mm-hmm. sales. It's not just marketing any longer, but you can now get a sales sales degree. Um, so having that long-term perspective, that recruiting pipeline into there, and it seems like you're also giving back a lot to these universities. Is it your alma mater or are you doing other ones as well? 
Yeah, so uh, both right now. So it's always getting connected uh, with my alma mater as an example, because when I was a student at Babson College, I wasn't an active student, meaning like I did not have the time to be engaged on campus. I didn't live on campus. I lived off campus. I was working part time, sometimes full time in that recruiting job uh, for a medical device company. And so I never had the time to be engaged on campus. And that's something I wanted. I wanted that experience, but I wasn't able to have it. So I said, well, if I can't do it now, when can I? And really what happened was I graduated and that was my opportunity to get more engaged. And I've been really engaged now uh, with the school and with the students. Uh, At least like twice a year, I do something with them. Um, And then in my role now, in uh, at Flywire as an account executive, I was invited just a few weeks ago into one of the universities here to talk with their international students uh, about life and whatever questions that they have and, and just talk about that. So yeah, I do a little bit of both now. Nice. Okay. Well, so how? let's talk about another challenge that every salesperson has, every human has, it seems, is, is juggling too many things and time management. I mean... Mm-hmm. You're full-time AE, you're doing yeah. podcasts all the time, you have this small little uh, membership thing of called Rev Genius that's really exploding and a number of other things. So uh, talk to us, how are you handling all of this? How are you dealing with the day-to-day without having your head blow up? Oh, no, I do have my head blow up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks for being authentic. So what's that look like in a day? I mean, it's intense, like... Uh, I went to bed at 4 a.m., you know, woke up today and was like, I am really tired and it's the end of the week. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, But I have my coffee. I have my goals. I prepare my goals the night before or the morning before uh, so I can wake up and know what I'm looking forward to. And I play these little games with myself of like, let's schedule something important in the morning. So I have to get up and I have to start the day with that. Right. That's brilliant. Yeah. And then I have certain things that I have committed myself to do every day. So yeah, I, I work a lot, you know, I have a a job, a full-time job. I have a community to engage with and manage. Uh, I have the top one percenter Academy that I'm doing and courses that I'm taking there uh, and a bunch of other stuff, my own podcast, but I also have time to exercise. I've committed to uh, working out 30 minutes every single day. And no matter what, I will do it. You know, it started off in the morning and then it kind of was like, oh, I'll do it during lunch and I'll do that during my lunch break instead of having lunch. Um, and now you're doing podcasts instead. Yeah, but now I'm, I'm going out for runs at like 9 p.m. or 9.30 just because I need to get it done before my day ends. I just have to. Like, that's the commitment that I made for myself. Because what I've learned from having all these different involvements, that's really what I love to do. I love being on the go. That's just a part of who I am. I have a hard right. time to just sit still and do nothing. Although I do spend 20 minutes almost every day meditating and I'm sitting still for those 20 minutes. But other than that, it's like I like I enjoy being on the go equally when I am too overwhelmed. I just take uh, a pause. I, 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 I schedule time off and I take that time and I don't feel guilty about it. 
I love that. So there's a lot in time management is like tricky thing because some days you can figure out the perfect way to handle that day and other days it is all over the place and there is no management. Right. Yeah. And, and really time management, uh, I had a good mentor of mine, uh, said, you know, you can't manage time. You can't say, Hey, second speed up and, and minutes slow down, right? There is no time management. It's a, a, just simply a matter of how are you going to prioritize a day? So it seems exactly. like your hack in that regard is plan the day prior. And I love that. I've never heard of that before. Schedule something important at the beginning of the day. That way you have to start the day strong. Um, that that's brilliant. That's, just, uh, that's and then a, have have specific things that you want to accomplish. Like um, Kevin Dorsey talks about this three by three, and it's committing to three things that you're going to do uh, aligned with your goals every day, every week, every month. Yeah. So that's super helpful to keep in mind. And then I also have reminders. Like I'm the person, and you can't see it behind me, but on my whiteboard I have something that uh, a mentor of mine said. Uh, Cynthia Barnes, she said, manage priorities, not your time. And that stuck with me. And I wrote it down. It's been there for months now. And I look at it every single day, manage priorities, not your time. And so I do that. And I have things that I'm planning out and I'm delegating certain tasks to because I have help. Like, it's not like I'm in a position of with work that I have other team members that I can help you know to to help me with my job like no i i gotta do that but in terms of community stuff we have tons of awesome people who are helping out in the community with rev genius every single day so there are certain things that i easily can just delegate and it's all about giving that trust to somebody else because rev genius was like uh our baby you know that we created just a couple of months ago so in the beginning i was being very protective of it and was like, no, I got to do everything. I got to be everywhere. And then now, as as the community is growing, it's like, no, you know what? I can take a step back and I can let other people step up and they can be in charge of these other tasks. I yeah. don't need to be everywhere and do everything. That's a hard lesson to learn. Um, so it seems like you, you got that one pretty darn quickly. Now, let's talk about, um, I wasn't expecting to go here, but I think it bears, uh, bears asking. Um, mm. It's not my senses, and you can tell me I'm wrong here. It's not just goals because there's lots of people out there that have goals. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's something more than just setting goals that you're doing. So I don't want to put words in your mouth. So talk to me a little bit about that. You're taking these goals, and how are you making them a reality? Yeah. So for me, it's setting the intentions and what I want the outcomes to be eventually. Um, but more so like, it's great to have an outcome. I think that what's, what creates the purpose behind what you do. Uh, so no matter what, how you feel or how tired you are, there's a purpose and meaning behind it. But I'm also very much focused on what's the experience that I want to have every day. How do I want to feel when I wake up and I want to feel excited about what I'm going to do. So today I woke up and I was like, oh, this is going to be an exciting day because I'm having this interview with Brian and we're going to talk about this particular topic. And that's exciting to me, you know, so regardless of what the outcome would be from this conversation and whether people will enjoy hearing it or not, that's not what I focused on. I focused more on what's the experience, what's the journey we're going to have throughout the conversation. So I think more about the intention behind the actions 
and what that process will not just look like, but how it will make me feel and what impact that will have on other people at some point. Interesting. Okay, so that wasn't the answer I was expecting to to, to give. Well, so I'm gonna. What did you I, expect? <laughs> well, I'm gonna dive down a little bit more yeah. before I, I hit my what I was expecting to say. So when you talk about intentional, right? Mm-hmm. So so you have this vision in your mind of what you want it to be. This experiential, um, which I like that way. I've I've not heard anybody talk about that before. So purpose, yes, everyone knows that. You know, what's gonna drive me is no matter how I feel, what's gonna drive me is I'm so passionate about this. I'm so you know filled with purpose to get this uh, accomplished and get gonna get after it. But it seems to me that you're doing a couple of other steps that maybe you're just doing naturally that I think most people skip. So what do you take this? Is there any, um, in your experience that you want to have in this intentionality, Mm -hmm. is there any steps in there? Is there any planning? What's, what's that look like? Like you're asking about the tactical part of this. How How do you go about this? Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I write it down because uh, that's what makes it a reality to me is that I write it down so I can visualize what it is that I'm trying to accomplish and how I'm going to do that and why I need to do that. And not just like short term, what I'm trying to accomplish in the next couple of weeks or months, but like down the road, what does that mean and what does that look like and who does that affect other than me? Because I have other people I need to think about as well that needs to be with me on that journey right like my fiance is going to be with me throughout this journey so it's keeping him and and his goals and his life in mind as well right you know to find that middle ground with certain things that I want to accomplish now are you doing any any planning uh, along the way milestoning it out as well Yes, I do. So I think about it. Uh, I like to think about things in quarter and that's because I now work in sales and that is tactical and very much I can focus on something for three months and then I can reevaluate at the end of those three months, add to it, remove it, et cetera, to whatever those goals are. And I'm trying to like, I do a whole running list of things. Let's say, I want to accomplish 20, 30 things or ideas or dreams that I have. And then I try to narrow it down and group things together and then focus on, okay, how am I going to do it? What do I need to do to get there? Why does this matter? And when do I want to get it done by, you know, all of those things. So like as, as a real life example of this was earlier this year in March, I was, um, I needed to focus more on my health, but, and I got into this really like bad routine of not taking care of myself, not really caring about what I eat, not exercising at all. Uh, And I had gained a little bit of weight over time. You know, it wasn't overnight, but it was over time. And um, I woke up one day and I just was like, enough, like this isn't good. I don't like this feeling that I'm having every day. I don't like that my clothes aren't fitting well on me and that I have to go shopping because I really hate shopping. So I'm not excited about it. I I really don't. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, well, what can I do? Because at the end of the day, it is up to me to change this environment and this feeling that I'm having about myself. Uh, And I said, well, what can I do? What do I want to do? What have I done in the past? Because I grew up playing sports and I used to exercise a lot over 
over the years. And then I kind of stopped and then I started and then I stopped. And at this point, I started thinking about the past and I thought about what have I done in the past? Okay, I've done this exercise routine. It was a 90 day thing. I'm going to do that again. I'm yeah. just going to, it's been six, seven years since I done it. I'm just going to go ahead in and I'm going to do it. And I did. And I did that for the next 90 days and it changed everything. It not just that it changed the physical part of me, but it changed the mental part of me. It, it helped me then do better in my role because what it made me do was being very, very uh, focused on what I needed to get done every day. I needed to commit to doing an exercise for almost an hour every single day. I needed to eat the right things. I needed to uh, sleep enough hours. I needed to do all these little things to add up to the eventual outcome, which was that I lost almost 20 pounds doing that. Nice. It's crazy. But like <laughs> that was that wasn't the goal, though. I, I, I didn't say to myself, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, but I did have some goals of, OK, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to feel like this when this is over, because I remember the previous experience I had with that program. Um, I want to get better habits. I want to do this. I want to do that by by, you know, the end of those 90 days. So I had that as a particular goal. And so it was easy for me every day to find the opportunity to do an hour exercise. Yeah. So it was intentional. Yeah. And, and that's it. Right. And that's where I was expecting you to go. And I think that you're doing it naturally. And here's a challenge that we have. Whenever we do things naturally, we just think that everybody else does it. Mm-hmm. And where I see most people falling down, nobody fails to dream. They might eventually, but hardly anybody fails. But we have the new year coming up and everyone's going to set their new year's resolution and and nobody's going to have their new year's resolution. Well, not nobody, but about 85, I think, percent of people have eliminated the pursuit of their New Year's resolution by uh, 10 days in or 13 days Mm -hmm. in, something insane like that. So what Galen is doing here, and and this is critically key, is she has her why, right? That's the purpose. And then she writes it down and visualizes it. What's my life going to look like whenever I'm doing this? Because that's going to be the motivation to get you there. And then she's intentional about planning out uh, what it's going to be, all the steps, the milestones to it. And then she attacks it with fanatical discipline, right? So uh, there's... um, And another thing I want to add to this is uh, the second part of it. That's That's all right what you just said. The other thing is accountability. I'm huge on accountability for myself. And the only way to hold myself accountable to do something, whether that's the exercise or my job or anything else that I've committed to doing is to tell other people about it. Mm. So the moment I've shared, not just, yeah, I took notes of it. I wrote it down. I did all that. But then I go ahead and I share it with a few people. And now I need to be held accountable. Yeah, I love that. So that peer accountability, because if you go, oh, I'm going to go to the gym, uh, it's really easy to blow that off. But hey, I'm going to go to mm-hmm. the gym with so and so it's that peer accountability is, is critical there as well. So I love that. And then I, I can't remember his name, but uh, Jocko Willick, I think is his name, but extreme ownership is the book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and another mentor of mine, John Rosso talks about discipline equals freedom. Uh, those, uh, John's been saying it for years. Jocko made it really uh, popular in his book, but discipline equals freedom. So what you've really done is you have the day-to-day discipline of that consistency that 
allows you the freedom to feel the way I, I, I want to. And then the other thing that I really hear you saying is, you know, most people live their life through feelings. And so the way I feel we're gonna, is going to determine my actions. And then my actions, I have to justify those actions. So I'm going to justify my thinking to those actions. So they're led by feelings. And what you're suggesting, and I like this, is I know how I want to feel. So I need to get my thinking right to get my actions right. So I get my feelings right. So I'm going to think right, act right, feel right. And that's mm -hmm. going to allow me to, to live the life that I really want from discipline equals freedom and all of these different things. So that's, yeah. that's a gold right there. I love it. So, Hey, uh, awesome stuff. All right. So let's wrap this down because I know that we're running out of time here. Um, oh, already. It, I know, right. It goes flying. <laughs> See that. So, um, you know, you're, doing all of these different things, your a, whether you want to do a sales hack, um, whether you want to do a, um, from recruiting days, a hiring hack, you know, talent, um, share with us even a, a growth hack because how fast you've ramped up rev rev genius. I mean, that's really mm -hmm. impressive from idea to this 8,000 8, plus, I don't know what you're at to today, but that's a flywheel effect. It's probably over nine at this point. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, what's one hack that you would, or what's one key uh, idea that you would like to give to us around uh, talent, sales, or scale? Oh, Brian, this is so simple and maybe <laughs> too simple. It's just be human and be you. Bring yourself to the table. Like, yeah. that's it. I think there's too much focus on, oh, what's the secret sauce to this? How do I do that? And it's like, If you're just staying true to yourself, then things tend to work out the way they're supposed to work out. And I know that sounds really vague and it's like, what do you mean? Like, can you give a specific answer? I just can't because it, it again, like this is something else that just comes natural to me to be able to connect the dots, whether that's connecting the dots within myself and my own life or connecting the dots for other people or through and with other people. So that's like as simple as it gets to me. It's just be more human because, and I say human because there's a lot of automation out there, you know, or there aren't like the right intentions out there. And there's this idea that, and it becomes very transactional and I, um, I don't like that. Yeah. So if you're coming in with the right intentions and you're just being a human being, you're being yourself, then, then one, like, things tend to work themselves out and then two that stuff would get filtered through because there's so many people and if everyone was just being themselves then people are going to start to get separated into different groups of okay now I know your true colors and I know your true intentions and then you know the people in the middle so as simple as just being human being yourself bring your whole self to the table and let's just have conversations let's not automate everything yeah so being authentic and being bold enough to stand out um mm -hmm. and, and it's getting more and more challenging with social uh you, you pointed out earlier with the linkedin bubble we all get into these linkedin bubbles and then you think that the way they're talking 
they're posting is the way that everybody thinks, but in reality, it's just an algorithm that says, hey, they're like you, you're like them, and you think that's the whole entire universe. And unfortunately, there's too much of that. And and so I would challenge us, and Galen, you hold me accountable, I'll hold you accountable. Let's be authentic, speak our true, speak our true self, and let's Let's make some people angry because our true authentic self is going to come out. But you know what? That's going to make them think. And if that Mm -hmm. makes them better, that makes us better and challenges our belief. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's do it. So that's a that's a great hack. I love that one. So um, how about from a sales perspective? You've you've gone through this. You're you're. Did you start off uh, recruiting? Then did you go into an SDR role or did you go right into the AE role? Oh, so uh, when I started in sales, fintech with Flywire, I started off as a BDR. I was the first BDR hired at the company. Oh, nice. Um, and then about a year into being a BDR, I was promoted into an account executive role. Okay. So uh, talk to us about that experience, right? So mm. what's one of the biggest challenges that you learned in doing that, that you can prevent others from having to go through that same challenge? Um, preparation. Uh, was the biggest one. And that goes from the moment I started as a BDR to, uh, and, and it became a little bit better in terms of the transition from BDR to AE. But I would say like, especially now that somebody's hearing this and it's like, I want to get into sales too. Cause I've, I've, I've had those conversations. I have them all the time and more so with women uh, wanting to get into sales. And it's like, what can you do? Well, what you can control is how much you prepare yourself for that role, for that world, for those type of companies and for whatever industry that you choose to go into. So preparation for me was the most important one, because when I walked into that first role as a BDR, I literally had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I did not know anything. I was just like, okay, let's try this out. I don't know what the expectation is. And it was great because I was like this blank page, you know, and I was able to learn so much from that. And I'm naturally a very curious person. I will ask a lot of questions. I will try out different things. I don't mind failing at something. I don't mind. I mean, in the beginning, the rejection was hard. But then I quickly realized that this isn't a personal, like they're not saying that I, me, Galen, as a person, as a human being suck. It's just that the way I'm delivering it sucks. (laughs) And that's what I need to work on. (laughs) Now, you said uh, preparation was what you learned. So how what what things would you have prepared for? Can you can you be more specific there? Would if I. had this opportunity again. And with what I know now, what's out there and what's available. If I am somebody right now who's like, yeah, I want to get into sales. What can I do to prepare myself? I would go back to earlier in this conversation, some of the resources that I mentioned, you know, uh, SV Academy, Aspireship, um, Victory Lab, Us and Technology, great places to start. Uh, Other communities, Rev Genius, really other great resources to look into. Um, and if you're a woman of color specifically, uh, Sisters in Sales, another great community to look into, um, Sister and Brotherhood in Sales as well. Like there's so many communities. So I would start there and a lot of them are free. Um, so that's what I would do to prepare myself and to have conversations with people who are doing what you're trying to get into, yeah. because that's how you can get like really a blueprint of what to expect and understand so much more than what you could possibly be Googling or ask the recruiter of of a company for, because they're gonna be very biased. 
So I, that's the, the part of when I think about preparation is having those conversa- conversations with people who are doing the, the job that you want to do uh, and then take those courses through those resources that I mentioned, because that's like you can get certificates and really learn about particular industries, really learn about particular roles like an SDR role, BDR role, AE, wherever you're at at that stage. Um, and then I would network. I would network all the time. Yeah. That will be my focus. Like, uh, you know, I go to Thursday night sales, which starts at 1 a.m., which is the reason I was up so late last night. <laughs> um, but like I would do that networking, uh, attending webinars, attending trainings, talking with people. Um, that, that's what I would focus on. Nice. Well, and, and so the other thing that you're pointing out is it's up to you. Uh, You know, don't sit there and bemoan the fact that your company doesn't give you training. Mm, Yeah, there's so much stuff out there. Just it's up to you. I mean, if you take control of your destiny, take control of your future. Um, You know, you can't just think it and write it down and it magically magically appear. You got to put some effort to it. So, yeah, really good point. And you staying up at one o'clock, especially whenever or just starting at one o'clock to jump Mm -hmm. on that call. I mean, at your point, your position, most people are like, ah, you don't need to anymore. Look what you have going on. And so good for you for having that sustained discipline. Um, that, that's brilliant. So love it. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, you talked about training and, and you said, don't wait for your company to provide you that. And you're absolutely right. I earlier this year was like, OK, I need to get some training. I want to check these things out, but they're costing me money. So what am I going to do? And now you're in the place of like. Oh, I have, I have an option. I can either wait for the company to maybe pay for it, or I can just use part of my own income to pay for it and just yeah. get it done. And that's what I ended up doing. Like I attended at least two of John Barrow's uh, sales training courses uh, in the past six months. And then I also paid for their on-demand, which is like 400 something uh, dollars a year. And I just needed to do that because I was like, I don't know what I'm missing out on. I don't know what else I could be learning here because I like the information that they're putting out there. I enjoy their trainings and the way that they're delivering it. And instead of waiting for somebody to give me the opportunity, I just went to seek it out and go for it. Yeah. And think about it. So 400 bucks. You're in sales. Go freaking sell something and get that on commission. I mean, if you can't see it as an investment, if you're like, oh, $400 is so expensive, there's likely a challenge and you're not going to do well at sales. If you don't look at it a return on investment, you're going to have a real challenge in sales. So just suck it up and get it done. Stop complaining and just do something about it. I love that. I, I wish yeah. there were more people like that. All right, cool. So um, you've just given a ton of, a ton of resources. Uh, any additional, like uh, one book or one podcast, one one uh guy that you would recommend that the, uh, everybody uses a resource i i would say just like a lot of other people on linkedin if, if we live in this little bubble are saying as well is uh do something different like i not to say i don't read sales books because i do and i've reread a few books uh over time but i also read books that has nothing to do with sales and that's what helped me get a different perspective and uh, a different lens on things, which is like, how am I leading my life? How am I connecting with other people? Um, And so I do a mix of things. Like I'm right now listening to Chris Voss's 
uh, book when I'm on my run. Uh, I have an audio book. I listen to audios all the time. I listen to podcasts on my run as well. So like I mix and combine. So that's my time for like sales is when I'm out running and out moving and that gets me going. And then when I'm home and I'm reading a physical book, it has nothing to do with sales a lot of the times. Reading so other types of books. What's on the nightstand right now? So I'm rereading for like the third time. Uh, it's called Untethered Soul. And that's cool. a, a book that I just love to go back to and highlight in and and just reread so many times. Nice. All right. Yeah. Untethered Soul and then Chris Voss has never split the difference, I'm guessing. Yes. All yeah. right. There you go. Love it. All right. So pull out the magic eight ball. You're talking with everyone, networking with everyone. What's the future hold? What's going to bite us if we're not uh, prepared for it? Oh, Brian, that's a tough one, <laughs> especially because they live in so many different worlds. I feel yeah. like uh, what's going to uh, what is that? What's that going to look like? I think that uh, and I don't know if this is even remotely close to where where the answer might have expected to be. But I think that showing up is going to be key and and preparing for that in advance. And I, that's super vague answer. And I don't even know half of what that meant, but it's, what's the, what does the future hold? It's such a hard question to answer because I don't even know what next week holds. Yeah. And I think you bring up a, a really good point there because showing up is going to be the battle because mm -hmm. sales 12 months ago was easy. Economies were rocketing and I was, I, everybody was buying, not everybody, but you get the idea. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're having to work. And those that were, you know, superstars and look how great I am, you were order takers. And now that you're actually having to show up and work and put in the effort, you're struggling and dying. So if you're not doing the things that you ought to have been doing before, you better start now because we're going to be in this situation for a bit. So I, I think that's how. Yeah, how like the consistency, the yeah. consistency is where I'm getting at because it's easy to put these goals on a piece of paper. It's easy to uh, commit to something, but it's harder to follow through on that and to stay committed to it. Yes. And, you know, that's the challenge I have every single day, you know, because when you're somebody who's like everybody else, like you're stuck at home we just got out of a lockdown here in London this week. Right. So, you know, that was hard to just be here sitting in the same place every single day, doing the same thing over and over again. It's that's what we call insanity, right? Yeah. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. But I was doing the same thing over and over again in terms of following through with what my goals and intentions are. But how do you consistently stay with that? How do you stay committed to that? And a part of it is the accountability piece. And the other part is like taking timeouts. I had to, I realized like, I haven't taken any time off this year, literally. And I have so much PTO to take that <laughs> I, I was kind of forced, like, otherwise I'm going to lose the time. So what do you do? Well, you take some time off. And that was the best thing I could have done, even during a lockdown. I couldn't nice. go anywhere else, but I just needed to take a break, focus on me. And I think the other piece to this is the sanity part taking the time out consistently, again, going back to the consistency part, is doing that consistently and not 
do what I just did. I don't advise anyone to do that at the, towards the end of the year. Like, oh, shoot, I need to do this and I need to do it now. Like, no, balance is key. And I've always had a hard time with balance in my professional and in my personal life because I'm a very intense person. I would just go, go, go. And that's like the piece of the urgency of who I am because of where I came from. And when I started working in sales, I just have this like huge sense of urgency that, no, this needs to be done now. uh, And I need to do it ASAP. That's it. Well, and and that's the key, right? Is consistent effort. Everybody wants this flash of genius. Everybody wants this fits of greatness, but that, Mm -hmm. that wears off. You can't do that. It's the consistent daily discipline of the grind. So um, that uh, that is probably a a key takeaway. Boy, you've given a ton of uh, key takeaways here. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So Galen, who should reach out to you? How should they do it? And why should they reach out to you? Yeah. uh, Anyone interested to chat about life, sales, communities, whatever. Like I I love getting to know people because I learned so much uh, through them and I learned so much about myself too. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, If you want to become a member of RevGenius, go to RevGenius.com and sign up there uh, and hit me up on Slack. I'm very active on Slack and I prefer Slack messages over LinkedIn messages. Uh, The other thing too, again, like I'm giving my ways of communicating with me and I'm letting you know what my preferences are because LinkedIn messages, not so much, but I also have my uh, cell phone number on my LinkedIn profile. So I always tell people, you can hit me up on iMessage. You can hit me on a WhatsApp. My phone number is out there. Uh, go for it. You know, or if you want to become a member of Rev Genius, do that and hit me up on Slack. Uh, also, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and I think that's it. You on Snapchat uh, chat and TikTok no, yet? Come no, on, we got to do no, that. No, Brian, here's the thing. I, I used to be on Snapchat a couple of years ago. I deleted that probably two so years ago. Uh, didn't really see any value being there. And yeah. it was like at this stage of my life, I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, TikTok earlier this year, I was on it. I jumped on it. I loved it. The problem was it was too distracting to me. I yeah. could literally, I think I would spend five minutes and it ended up being 35 minutes or an hour or two. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? I'm yeah. never going to get this time back of all these videos that I watched that did nothing for me other than entertain me for a little bit. But you get into a scrolling habit on TikTok. Yeah. So I, I was forced to delete the app. Yeah, I and that's, myself to do it. that's some good self-awareness and discipline there. So, hey, well, I can't thank you enough. I hope everyone got as much out of this as I did. Galem, thanks so much. This is Brian Whittington with this episode of the Talent Sales and Scale Show. Get after it. Put some of this stuff to application. Be successful, whatever that success looks like in your life. Thanks, everyone. See ya.